0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Rakuten helps you be a smarter shopper and save money on just about everything. People all have things they need to buy, whether it's home essentials or a self-care treat just for you. With Rakuten, you get cash back on clothes, groceries, travel, and much, much more. Even better, you can stack cash back on top of other deals like store sales and credit card points. In case you're wondering, the stores on Rakuten are the ones you know and love, and lots of cool ones waiting to be discovered, including Target, Lowe's, and Nike. When it comes to savvy shopping and saving money, Rakuten is a no-brainer. It's free and easy to join. Just go to Rakuten.com now or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. RAKUTEN
2: Good afternoon everyone, welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind, it is the Tuesday Bulletin, it's a different look, Tuesday Bulletin, Natasha is off to Germany to see the hoops in Leipzig, um, I think we've got an able replacement in Liam uh, joining us this afternoon, Liam you're very welcome to the, the Tuesday Axon Bulletin, I think it's our first show on so you're very very welcome to join us
3: thanks mate pleasure to be here uh apologies to anybody who was expecting a lovely natasha and got my big fat face instead but uh you'll just have to make do <laughs> but um d- d- just to be serious for a wee minute i just want to say a big thank you to everybody because I've, I've not been on for the last week or so as you might know and i'm uh, my father-in-law passed away quite suddenly and uh, to everybody who has been watching who's watching who's been sending in messages i just want to say thanks we we appreciate it wife and i both and uh all the best to
2: everybody out there. Sorry, carry on. No, don't be daft at all. I think, <laughs> uh, certainly, I know you're a different side of the world from us at this point in time, Liam, but me and Lawrence is probably very well-known to be bumping into folk and about the place. Um, I met a couple of nice guys on Saturday at the game, so a shout-out to, to Danny from over uh, across the Emerald Isle, and also a wee shout-out to, to Peter Dennis, who I know is... Going through a wee bit of a tough time just now in the hospital. Um, it's in a spinal unit at this point in time, from the Bucky boys. So all the best for everyone at on to him, Lawrence. Um, not been on in a week, uh, but we're back to to winning ways. But we're, we're on the eve of another Champions League game, and I must say I'm quite excited for this. But know others, we've got a tagline there that looks as if CCV is going to miss out. But I, I'm pretty excited to see Celtic back in Champions League action because it's been a bit strange. I think the way we've started in the Champions League
4: well uh, there's not a lot of games left for us to get points this is kind of the games that matter you know for me the next two games are are must-win games Uh, so there's a lot riding on them yeah you know the league games are still a long way to go in the league you know uh, so maybe not as important just now but yeah for for Leipzig for me we've got to win this and uh, it's going to be interesting you know we're, we're not without our challenges before the game so yeah uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how that centre-half partnership does, I think Welsh has been short of games, we talked about it before the transfer window shut I thought put him out on loan, get my year's experience elsewhere and, and get in a, another experience centre-half uh, he's certainly going to get experience tonight isn't he? He's certainly going to get experience,
2: obviously he's played for Celtic in European football previously, he was featured in both Europa League campaigns um, one we don't talk about, one not too bad to, to talk about. Um, but Liam, w- would you agree that in terms of the Champions League so far, it has felt a bit strange. Obviously, we had that first game against Real Madrid. We're absolutely flying going into the game, coming off the back of a 4-0 derby win. Then you have that postponement for the Livingston game. You come back. Your first game backs away to, to Shakhtar. Um, and then, you, you know, you the and you play that game at St. It's just all felt a bit odd to me.
3: Aye, I mean, a big a big part of, uh, of Celtic's game is momentum, quite clearly. And the postponements, whether we agree with them or not, the fact is that they did put a dampener on our momentum that we had coming through September. You know, great win in, in the derby, decent performance against Real Madrid, um, and then, you know, the blip against St Mirren, and thankfully we've won in the league since then which proves it was a blip but um, I think we're still going to be a, a week or two before we fully regain that momentum but we're going to have to find something tomorrow night you
2: know yeah no absolutely Lawrence do you think that has been one of the issues you know as Liam says there in terms of that momentum being halted because I think after you suffer that final defeat against Real Madrid, even though it was a good performance players want to play again get it off their shoulders and return to winning ways you don't do that you then need to go straight from a Champions League game back into European football you walk away from Shakhtar probably thinking we should have won the game and then you have that poor result at St Mern
4: Yeah yeah. we definitely lost a bit of momentum but the two games we've had so far in Europe the amount of chances that we've created if you're Andrew going how have we not scored against Madrid and how did we not beat Uh, Shakhtar so it's been a bit disappointing for me in the European game to come out of two performances with the number of chances created and take so few of the chances, which obviously has resulted of us only having one point. If you look where it's sitting, i thought, you know, Real Madrid are in the points they thought they would be on. Leipzig unless they probably thought that, you know, they beat Shakhtar, they beat, beat Real, so they're probably three points behind. We're maybe looking at and going, well, we'll beat Shakhtar, so we're two points behind and you look at Shakhtar and they're looking going well we might beat Celtic but I thought you know I don't think that I thought they'd been on four points so they're a point ahead the next couple of games the reason I'm saying it's, it's must wins you know is probably looking at Real games and so we'll take nothing from them so oh, sorry Shakhtar's looking at going we'll take nothing so they can only win out the next two games because their expected points is nothing you know they're going to be four points anything above that, that's that's brilliant with us said eh, against Leipzig we've got to expect to win our home at least a draw away from home but the fact that we've already dropped you know, two points behind where we thought we were that's why I'm saying it's must win because... but we could be facing Shatter, they could be on four points we could be on five Shatter would be going you know what draw not Celtic Park will do us because they've got Real Madrid the last game we've got Leipzig at home they would fancy getting a bit better result against Leipzig at home than us away at Real Madrid so yeah, I think Europe's been disappointed for the number of chances that we've created and, and, and just not turned them into goals and resulting in it's
2: only having one point. Well, I'm going to look at it a glass half full in the terms that they've only played two games. Obviously, it's a return to the group stages for the first time in five years. We've of the European champions in the first game. I think the point in Shakhtar, Liam, is only going to be kind of decided upon how this group stage ends and we look at it either as a real positive point if we take, for instance, four points against Shakhtar and Leipzig, or we look at it as the one that maybe got away from us, and the whole picture of the group, because you know, I, I kept saying after the Shakhtar game, a point away in the Champions League isn't going to be a bad result, unless by the end uh, of match day six you are looking at it and thinking that was a game that we probably should have won, and it would have taken us, you know, whether it's the last sixteen or whatever.
3: Yeah, I mean, those the two home games, uh, Leipzig and Shakhtar, that is going to define this entire campaign. Um, win those two and I think worst case scenario we're going to get third um, you know and it's a case of can we take something away in Leipzig and also you know obviously the Bernabeu is, is one that's everybody's right off, but we play Madrid last assuming that they wipe the floor with everybody else in the group as we expect them to they will have already qualified by that point and it's a question of you know, we're playing. We might be playing against their reserve team at that point, which might just give us a wee outside chance of sneaking something.
2: Yeah, there's possibility of that, and we, we know that Real you know, don't have a great. You know, I don't want to say a great track record in the group stages, but you know that there are there, there shocks. There have been shocks. You know, mm. um, we don't want to bang on about Sheriff, but it did happen. You know, there's a blueprint there to say that a team has went to the Bernabéu taking something that's been plenty of teams in the group stages that have did that. So the, there is potential with that. Lawrence, you mentioned the right of chances that, that we have missed. There's absolutely no doubt about that. we created great chances against Real Madrid, great chances against Shakhtar Donetsk. Is it, you know, it's not even a question, is it, no time itself to take those chances, but how do you think that the chances turn into getting the results? Because that's what the, the players are banging on about in the press, and that's what Ange Postecoglou is talking about in the press.
4: I think some of the chances maybe the players got stage fright against Real Madrid. You could maybe write it off against that. You know, playing Real Madrid for some of them. It's the biggest game they're going to get played in. It's Champions League. It's the opening group stage. But I'm not too sure you could say stage fright away to Shakhtar for missing it. So I really think... I don't think... Although we scored a lot of goals in the league, I don't think our strikers are in in top form yet. Uh, And it's... Maybe it's a percentage game, you know... Maybe we'll only create one chance uh, against Leipzig and we'll take it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, it, it looks for like taking a higher amount of the chances. But it's just something you need to play through because we, we know the boys have got goals in them. We've stepped up a level. It's, they just need to start playing the back in the net when we're creating those chances. Because Ange can only give them a system that creates chances. It, it, you know, it's up to the players in the park to put them away.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um that's just to be that. You know the structure, the system, and, and whatever else that is d- drilled into it. Um, Liam, at your point, Josephs came in here in the comments to say is that Liam yeah, did, did draw at the weekend against Osasuna um, yeah. and the Bernabeu, So you know th- there is teams that do go there in the league and pick up points. Um, so there's absolutely no reason why, as you say, you can't just write that game off because it's going to be another opportunity and a chance for us to get, you know, whether it's a point or try and go all out to, to take something there um, to to look forward. In terms of the point Lawrence makes about the strikers, we've got a a comment coming in about that um, to say why haven't we scored? Maybe our strikers are not good enough. as we think they are. I think they are. I think, as you say, we've just went through a wee bit of a a, a blip. I agree with what Lawrence says there, that that they're not on top form as of yet, but I don't really think scoring goals is an issue for Celtic. Just now, would you agree with that?
3: I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Kyogo and... And Kyogo and Maeda, you have the two, two two of the top three goal scorers in the J League last season, despite the fact that Kyogo only played half a season there before he came to us. Um, you know, you've got Jack Amarcus, who was the top scorer in the, in the Dutch League before he came to us. Not bad, considering he was with a team that got relegated. Um, so the goal scoring pedigree is definitely there. I agree with Lawrence; we're not our strikers are not in top form at the moment. But again, I think that. The, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because that prolonged break that we had with the postponement and then the international break soon afterwards, our rivals in the league seem to have come out of that with a regained balance. They've kind of taken time to steady themselves, whereas we have been knocked off our stride because we were just finding our full flow just before all this kicked off. So I think... Um, my only worry is that tomorrow tomorrow's going to come a wee bit too soon because I think in a week or two, everything's going to be backfiring and full cylinders. But it's just what happens in the interim that's that's worrying a wee bit.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, looking at a game like Saturday coming in, um, I think, you know, looking at it, it was always going to be one of those games. I felt that the mood in Saturday actually going a wee bit kind of gloomy, Lawrence. It was a rainy day here. It just didn't feel as if, you know, I don't know that almost if the weather was the perfect backdrop to the game that was going to uh, proceed in front of us. But sometimes wins like that are really but picks pick you up. And after you know the, the start stop that we had through September, I've spoken about that momentum. I agree with Liam that it's just about getting a run of games together. I mean, we do get that run of games together. But we're not really going to be having these conversations about goals and, and chances. Listen, at the weekend, you
4: know, hit the bar, hit the post, a couple of penalty shouts... The tackle and attack, the boy could easily have been sent off for one of the penalties to they're sending off. There's a few things that didn't go for us, but you're not going to win every game four or five. Now, we certainly the chances were back up there, there again. we would seen a couple of them a wee bit uncomfortable near the end when Kelly got sent off, but Motherwell's goals are that's a free goal, isn't it? Yeah, you, you know, the, yeah. it's so. It's a free goal from them. It's a bit uncomfortable, when, especially when there's a magic five minutes injury time comes into it, you know, considering there was none in the first half. Eh, but you're going to get those in a 38-game campaign, aren't you? You're going to get wins where it is. just 2-1, two, two you won by the odd goal, So it's three points. You march on. The good thing is, I suppose, it's more minutes for Welsh and Jens together because they're going to need it in preparation for Leipzig. They need to get an understanding, I suppose, that back five, they need to get that that understanding because when Carter Vickers is in there with Starfield, well, it seems a lot more solid, doesn't it? But they've got a lot more experience of playing together. Beginning of last season, the two of them were getting pebbles, so there is a bit of time sometimes for the defences to gel and, and get minutes on the park. So maybe it's a bonus that Welsh and Gents could put under a wee bit of pressure, or you know, get another ninety minutes together. So we'll see. But I think it is just. Get time on the
2: part part for them. Yeah, I totally agree. As well as that, obviously, both didn't go away at national. Stephen Welsh has been involved. Scotland under twenty ones. He's obviously new past um, making that team, so he wasn't away. Both him and Yates I'd imagine, with Joe Hart, were all working. You know, quite closely at Lennox down together. So, see it while have been working towards us, um, the goal at the weekend doesn't come from a Welsh or, or a mistake. It comes from, you know. I don't know what the the the, um, the comments will say about it. You know, Joe Hart, Joseph Juranovic. it just comes from absolutely nothing. And, and Millibar are back in the game. But as you say, Lawrence, plenty of chances at the weekend. Um, and I, I think a Celtic team that is firing takes those chances and goes on to win the game. But I don't think we've got that issue at all. Um, Liam, just to come to this point, Callum in the comments here said a good result tomorrow can get us firing again. To me, a good result, I'd be happy if we take a draw over there. I just a positive result, don't lose the game. I think, you know, as I say, at the weekend, just getting that three points against Motherwell that was all we wanted, I think, all we really needed. And that can then just start to put you back onto a path that, you know, you talk about um, teams setting themselves, that that three points could go a long way, I just setting Celtic back into a, hopefully, a, a run a good form.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the... The Champions League now, this is not an exact science, but when I look at it, I generally think about it in terms of, if you look at it like as if it was three two-legged ties, like you used to have in the old-style European Cup, right? We've drawn with Shakhtar away. If we beat them at home, I expect we'll finish above them in the group. And the same goes for Leipzig. If we take four points from those two games, we should finish above them in the group. Now, that doesn't discount the freak result of one of them somehow beating Real Madrid at some point, because I don't see us taking anything from when we go to Madrid, but um, you know, generally speaking, I think a draw to, a draw tomorrow and then two home wins sets us up nicely to at least get uh, third in the group and have a shot at least at second, depending on how other results go. Um, and to touch on the thing about the defence, I um, there have been question marks about Stephen Welsh as to whether he's Celtic class or whatever. And I... I remain undecided, to be honest. I love his wholeheartedness. I love his commitment. I love seeing a young Celtic supporter coming through and making the grade. It's what I'm sure we all dreamed about at times in our lives, you know? Um, but... He needs to have a big game. He needs to have his, like... You know, For I think back to example... When David Marshall had that game against Barcelona in the new Camp, right, that defined him. From that moment on, everybody's like, right, he's a goalkeeper. He's a real deal. Went on to have a magnificent international career and played at top level. Um, Welsh has not had that game yet, and he's running out of time to have that game with Celtic. So hopefully tomorrow night could be that game where he just steps up and has a, a commanding performance that pushes
2: us on and gets us what we need. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason why it can't be. I mean, uh, going into, to, to take us away from Celtic, just briefly, Scotland last week, when I saw Ryan Portis uh, in the team sheet, completely different, but, um, but when I saw his name in the team sheet, I thought, I really don't fancy this at this point in time, going over there. Um, you know, we know that Ukraine's a, a decent side from what we've watched, even as Celtic fans from know that the bulk of the Shakhtar team being made up of Ukrainian players. And I didn't fancy Ryan Portis. But that was a, a big game for him and a big performance for him. But a lot of Scotland fans were saying, hands up, yep, well done. And I think that probably as you say, if Stephen Wills goes and has that game tomorrow night, some people, I think, will be quite happy um, to eat their words. But, Lawrence, you know, whether he is or not, Celtic class and that's you know what Liam's saying there I, I'm a big fan of Stephen Welsh I still think there's more to come from him in his game um, he's all we've got tomorrow night and we need to hope that he has a big performance and you know that will be uh, crucial to Celtic either getting a point or getting a victory over in Germany tomorrow night yeah we're going
4: to rely on him uh, I, I think he's got the potential he just needs minutes and it's how many minutes beginning of the season I was worried how many minutes they would get at Celtic Park <coughs> He's expecting you know Carter Vickers and I was expecting Jens to play in front of him well he's getting minutes now it's time st- to step up listen he's sure, he, he's sure he can be a threat in the opposition box uh, I think him and Jens just need minutes together to get understanding I touched on it earlier you know Carter Vickers and Starfelt were getting pelts beginning of last season and you know they got the minutes together they come through it and I think it could be the same for Welsh. And yes, you know, get minutes together, prove that you can do it, get an understanding of what each other's going to do in the park. So, it's a big game. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. The stage is That's it. And they'll, they'll know exactly, you know, what to expect. And Ange glue will, you know, i have spoken to both of them and told them what he expects from their performance and then going back to that you know with Stephen Welsh and Moritz changed what, what was your overall take from their performance at the weekend because you know to me at this point in time I feel as if Stephen Welsh became the new scapegoat at Celtic Park it used to be Greg Taylor I could feel it on Saturday people were getting on his back at the very first mistake and it almost kind of transpired after that do you kind of get that feeling because I thought overall the, the back two in Saturday didn't particularly have a bad game you know, a, a bad mistake between the, the goalkeeper and Josip Juranovic brings Marlowe back in at the game. If that moment doesn't happen, I don't really think that Yance that or, or Welsh takes the pelters at they are getting at this point in time.
3: No, I mean, the, the fact is that you could probably name about five or six players in the, the team at the weekend who did not play to their best, right? It was not a vintage performance, but as we said before, the important thing was to break that run, of one game loss and to get another win and get back onto winning ways and get back to top of the league, which is what we did. Um, and I don't think that any of the defensive players, even even Juranovic, although, you know, him and Hart, it was a communication error, clearly for the goal. Um, I don't think any of them were particularly any worse than any of the other players in the team who might have underperformed. So I think singling out either
2: Jens or Welsh or Juranovic is a bit unfair. Okay, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, on overall performance, much like the St Murn game, you know, um Welsh and Jens came in for stick there, rightfully so, you know, poor at the back. But at the same time Celtics forward players, midfielders, had a poor game, didn't create chances that would get us back into the game. So, you know, we, we win as a team, we lose as a team, it's not going to help us get into a Champions League team for to think that, you know, it's these two guys' fault and that's it. It's a collective um, and that's the overall bigger picture of it but, you know, Lawrence going into this, the two of them are what we're going to need to depend on and I must say actually at the weekend I thought Stephen Will should have better game than Moritz Jantz beside him Jantz being the more experienced defender out of both of them.
4: Yeah, but I suppose you've touched on it is they need to do it together. It's the partnership and understanding you need to get as a defence or as a back five and it's going to come through minutes but, Think the bad games at the weekend. Were they particularly good against St. Mum? No, but again, you know that's one game in thirty-eight. Uh, <laughs> you know these things happen if you if you go every thirty-eight league games or thirty-seven league games between a, a loss, you're going to be happy, aren't you? You know St. Mum said well. It's just a freak result. I, I put that down as, and I thought Motherwell, you know, they were decent enough against Motherwell. It, it, it wasn't at the back that was concerned it was taking our chances was <laughs> concerned because we had a lot you know scored two and another day would have been five or six but yeah listen as you said he's the only boy we've got and uh, all Liam says it's kind of that one of one game without a, a win I'm sure the Scottish press were have to land three games without a win <laughs> uh, it's, you know uh, it, it's just nut- nuts at times listen give the boy a bit the back and I, I think he'll step up. I think he's got potential. Uh, my only worry at the beginning of the season was getting minutes in him. He's getting minutes now. I think with those minutes he's going to get a better player. And he's got a, a record of developing young players. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what it brings.
3: At the end of the day, he could score, you know, he could score three own goals tomorrow night. It doesn't matter as long as Kyogo scores five at the other end, you know.
4: Yeah,
1: well, we we'll maybe let baby we'll
4: too. <laughs> <it. laughs> I had
2: a bad enough experience at the weekend, be five and six free, so we'll, we'll stay away for that one. Um, but a lot of people are, you know, coming in to see here. Lawrence in agreement with a few about Wales that he, he does need that game time, um, and that you know.
1: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: Donald here is coming to say that he needs games, he knows himself. Um, He said he's been a stopgap for Celtic at times which makes it difficult but he's the young boy who deserves to be in the squad. At least, but we will move that into a, a, a chat around Celtics Academy. We know that Stephen Welsh has been there as a young boy and progressed right through the ranks and ended up coming into the team. Um, Liam, I want to fire this one over to you. Gary's come in to mm-hmm. say that Welsh and Jens deal with dangerous balls like old style centre halves. Cameron Carter Vickers recycles the balls like a top class central defensive midfielder, as he's put it, on top of being defensively solid. Is it possible that the standards set by Cameron Carter Vickers are so high? that when he does drop out, you know, we can see that gap and maybe we're just at an expectation that the type of football that Ange Postacoglu plays, it's high pressure, it has a lot of risk to it, but it's, I think it was described as high risk, ultimate reward football. Carter Vickers is extremely good at it, taking the ball under pressure and playing it out from the back. I don't think Welsh and Yance are those type of players and it might just be that the standard has been set by Vickers so high that when you do bring guys like this in, and they may look at times a bit dodgy. Be balls coming at the box, are playing out from the back, and um, that it's just you know too quick to mm. judge on it.
3: I mean, the the thing is, I, I agree with the point that the that they do certainly Welsh especially plays in a more traditional centre half style, whereas Carter Vickers is more of the sort of a uh, well, not on the same level, but in terms of style, sort of the Lothar Mateus type who plays football out from the back. Um, you know, in his later years Matthias was a sweeper at Bayern Munich and played that kind of role very well. Um but uh I think that um there's a time and a place for that for the old style as well. You know, when you're when you're one nil up with five minutes to go away to Leipzig, you don't want a guy who's gonna try and pass it around the back. You want a guy who's gonna rosette it, you know. And I think that that's the thing, there's room for both styles. Um but I think that the, the big takeaway from all of this, this entire situation, is that we underestimated just how important Carter Vickers and Starfelt are to our squad. A lot of people were very dismissive of, of uh, Starfelt, and there's been a lot of talk about whether he or Jens should play alongside Carter Vickers, and that's a debate that will play out in due course as Jens gets more game time. But Carter Vickers is is the man, and we really, we really are weakened defensively without him. And that's not a slight on any of the other players. I just think he's a cut above everything else we've got.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And his price tag says that. Uh, both are price tags, actually, say that. And even coming to that, uh, some comments here, Craig he came in to say that they look dodgy dealing with cross balls at the box compared to CCV and Starfield. That was probably something that was directed towards Carol Starfield and Cameron Carter-Vickers early on last season, especially... Carl Stafford. I think the jury for some Celtic fans was still out on him until that fantastic display of Ibrox in the, the 2-1 uh, victory. L- Lawrence, you know, Liam said Cameron Carter-Vickers is the man, I totally agree with him on that. And I think, you know, Alan's come in here to say he makes his defensive partner look a lot better. Yes. Um, I-, I totally agree with that, but it's about, as you say, two guys stepping up. Cameron Carter-Vickers isn't going to be there. He's not going to be that steady presence in defence. And it's for both these guys now to show they can make the step up. They've been given an opportunity and a platform here to, to perform at the very top level of European football for Celtic. It's about stepping up.
4: Yeah, look, listen, I think it, a lot of it comes down to confidence because last season, the cut Vickers, staff Starfield, got slaughtered because we didn't have confidence in them. You know, they needed time to learn how to play the style Ange wanted and I think Welsh against are facing that just now, it's about getting the confidence, isn't it? And, and once they've got that, you know, they'll feed off it but it's only going to come with good performances and minutes on the pitch and you know i wait a if we have a solid defensive performance there and listen Welsh is a threat in the other box as well you never know uh, he's he, he, he's good at attacking a ball in their box so a good performance there as Liam alluded to her, it could be the making of them like it was with David Marshall at the way at Barcelona so yeah which is and I think against Motherwell it was decent it was certainly they've improved from their performance against St Murl. So, yeah, I, I'm not overly worried about them as a partnership. I just think they need time. But, I do think Cameron carter and, and stuff helps a better partnership But they've been more time in the park to go.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. But, it's what you've got at your disposal tomorrow night and post the likely to only have Stephen Welsh and Moritz Jantz at his disposal. But, you know, the expectation... Listen, is, what happens uh, if there's an injury at centre-half? well we don't have near beat on to rely on um, like in previous years I think that would be the an answer right away we would probably tell you you're then probably looking at potentially somebody like Oliver Abogard having to drop in there um, or, or even somebody like Anthony Alston having to be brought in to, to play right center half or something um, because you, you are limited in options we, we only do have those two options that maybe out with Celtic possibly taking one of the, the younger lads over uh, with them but you know, you'd know, imagine maybe somebody like Abelgarb would maybe end up dropping in there but hopefully that doesn't happen both come through the game fine um, and we don't need to worry about that but Liam just going back to Saturday um, as I say about Stephen Welsh and Moritz Shents comments come in to say that Wales takes Peltles because he continually passes the ball sideways to their centre half when he goes forward fans eyes don't lie week in week out I disagree with that. I think there's a goal. I think it's against Hearts uh, potentially, and it's Welsh that it's actually against Aberdeen the first game of the season. And instead of playing the ball sideways, he like he wants to play the forward pass. And from some of the the, the data surrounding Steven Welsh, you know not everybody's into football data. He is one of the the Celtic defenders who likes to take a step out with the ball and play the forward pass more than some of the other guys.
3: Well, you know. Um, I'm, pro- I'm probably already going to get pelters for comparing Carter Vickers to Lothar Matthäus, but I'm going to make another comparison here. I'm going to compare Stephen Welsh to Claude McAlealy. <laughs> if you think back to when Real Madrid had Claude Makélélé playing in their midfield, I think it was Zinedine Zidane who said, he does the hard work, so we don't have to. Makélélé's entire job in that team was to win the ball and give it to better players to do the, the skillful stuff. And I think that is what Welsh is doing when he's passing the ball sideways. He's winning the ball, then he's giving it to somebody who is naturally a better playmaker than he is. Now, quite often that's going to involve a sideways pass. And again, there's a time and a place for it. Is it as effective as what Carter Vickers offers us? No, it isn't. But nobody in our current defensive makeup is. Um, And I think what he does, he does well. It's just a bit more simplistic and a bit less exciting to watch than what Carter Vickers offers But that's no Welsh's fault. He's just a different type of player.
2: Yeah, okay, absolutely. Um, and again, but I kind of think back to when Stephen Bell started to get that consistent run in the Celtic team and Chris Iyer was in there. It's always if you try to do what Iyer used to do, um, is take that B step out of defence and try and start for something for Celtic, which can be important in games. You know, if we're looking at Saturday's game and it's tight, sometimes it just needs that wee breaking run out of centre defence to start you in an attack. And as you say, if you know in yourself that you you know, you know lack maybe the ability of some of the Celtic's more creative players, give the ball to the, the, the better players and let them go and do their stuff. It's not up to Stephen Wells to create chances for Celtic. His job first and foremost is defending and keeping the ball out the, the net. But, you know, Ange hearts back to players being creative and giving the forward players eh, a platform to go and do their stuff. So there's a balance to be had in an Ange Postecoglou team. Um, but it's about setting up to that and that expectation that you know Ange wants uh, from his players. it's there's a bit of chat in, uh, in and around Celtic's midfield tomorrow in the chat, so I want to come to that. Um, we've seen Aaron Moy feature for Celtic quite regularly since coming in, um, certainly off the bench, and some people are asking, would there be potential? I know this was something that, that folk were saying about after the, the Shakhtar game before we placed at Murrn, um, of possibly bringing in a more defensive-minded midfielder tomorrow night. Could you see Ange Postacoglu thinking about that at all?
4: Well, I, th- I think Jared said he's, you know he won the league in-, in Australia one year, played two number sixes and you know, playing a double pivot. So we do have a lot of number sixes at, at the club. The-, the problem is, you know, Callum's our best, but he's also our best number eight. And I think maybe Ange is maybe we've got some number sixes because he's trying to, well, if I can get someone like Moy or maybe Adelgard in there, it'll allow me to push Callum Cal further forward, but allow me to be more flexible in the game because I know Callum can play both positions really well. Would that see it t- tomorrow against Leeds? Nah, mate. I, I wouldn't see it. I, I think we'll, we'll stick uh, with Callum at number six. I wouldn't see Moy coming in. I just...
1: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: I be a change too much. Uh, maybe later in the game. Maybe if you get something to hold on to, I might see it happening but I think initially I'm just going to go out there and try and, you know, try and get a foothold in the game hopefully get one or two holes and then maybe second half when he's making his subs and making go right we've got something to hold on to here let's change it a wee bit now but I wouldn't think we'd kind of change his style from the off
2: well, Liam in terms of that and I think that's a really good point and it certainly feeds into Dyson uh, Maeda who I know is a player that you know really well that we've got in the comments here saying that he, he couldn't have a band door even though he was the <laughs> second top goal in the season the um, and then top yeah, goal some, after some, Kyogo
3: Somebody needs to watch a bit more Japanese football I think that's, no no offence but that's a very ignorant and uneducated comment to make quite frankly um, the,
2: the, the point I was going to um, make to you there about uh, Dyson Maeda is I think sometimes his performance is dictated by the way Celtic do play football Exactly. Maida is definitely a type of player that likes the gung-ho approach of going right at a team and having a good goal, which is something we did in Shakhtar. It dropped off a bit. But any time I feel when made a plays for Celtic and we go for it right away, I think his performance level just goes right up. I don't think he's the type of player from what I've watched of him, from little bits I've seen of him playing for the, the national team. I, I never watched him as a player in the G League. He's not a guy who's going to be a jota, who's going to maybe pull you out of a hole when you need them, and do something creative that maybe is out the ordinary. But he'll certainly be a person who will give a 100% of praise until uh, till dusk, probably. Um, he's got an incredible uh, battery in doing that. And he, he, he has got a good, decent track record of scoring goals. It's just about, I think, his performance is up to the way Celtic approach games of football.
3: Well, again, it's it's the Stephen Welsh argument. Yes, Maeda has not hit top form this season, but neither has Kyogo, neither has Jackie Macus when he's played. You know, it's um he well that that's a very good comment from Craig. They are just saying that you know he needs a run of five or six games because he does. I mean, um, I I watched Maeda carry an entire team for a season in the J League, right when he played for Matsumoto Yamaga. Um, He was the only guy in that team with any class, quite frankly. And, uh, um, you know, he has that in him to really lift an entire team when he has to. And he does have, although his speed and his durability are kind of what we see most of because of the way he's deployed at Celtic, um, he is a very creative player as well when you need him to be. Um, Particularly if you watch some of his games with Yokohama uh, last season, he set up probably as many goals as he scored. And it was really the the way that he performed was at times almost like a number 10. Whereas we look at him primarily as a winger. And I think, yes, he can do that. But, you know, so can Kyogo. But I would argue that neither of them is at their strongest position. But it's what they are sometimes called on to do for Celtic. And the great thing about Ange is that he's got these players from all over the world and he's got them to understand look this might not be your best position this is what i need you to do for our team and they do it and Dyson sometimes he doesn't have a great game sometimes he does miss a chance here and there but you could never ever question that guy's commitment you know
2: no not at all he's one of my probably favorite players just now It sealed it i just like what he gives to the team, and I actually think back to that really good header he scored against Bodo I know it's not really a, a game that we, that we yeah. talk about, but again it was a you know, I'm talking about that creative element to his game that he maybe just doesn't have the, that Jota does have his have in his arsenal, but you know that that's an example of Celtic getting forward on the attack, and there's daisy made in the right position at the right time, and I know that uh, Hajime Moriasu's tried to use him through the middle at times he certainly played that last week in the game against the USA, whether that was just being experimental or not, but he is confident to do that. Some something I found really interesting. Theme at the weekend was usually when you do see Maeda and Jota play together, you see both mm. wingers switch. Um, me, me and my pals have a joke about this because it used to be the old Neil Lennon thing i you know switch the wingers and see what happens. But <laughs> it is something that Ange Postecoglou likes to do with Maeda and Jota. It's something I've asked Jota about in a press conference, and he said that is something that they do work upon. And training that both feel comfortable and switching uh either side because it gives celta a complete different approach to the game and it also gives your your back something difficult to deal with
3: see that that again speaks to something about maeda that has not really been highlighted since he came to scotland and that is his adaptability because i've seen them play for four different te- if you include the japanese national team i've seen him play for four different teams and he's effectively, his main position has been has been different in every team. At Yamaga, he was the lone striker. At um, Yokohama, he was part of a, a front two. And when he plays for Japan, he alternates between being through the middle or sometimes being wide. And then at Celtic, he's deployed primarily as a winger. Um, and that's the thing. He is, I guess, what you would call a utility player. You know? Um but it's interesting to note that despite the fact that we a lot of the Celtic fans do criticise Maeda for his lack of goals so far this season, um and this is not a slight on Kyogo, but it's quite telling that Moriasu, the Japanese manager, consistently picks Maeda ahead of Kyogo when he's picking his starting lineup. I think that that tells you about, you know, different strokes for different folks. Different players have different roles to play depending on what team they're in. And at the moment, Maeda is perhaps better suited to the way Japan play than
2: the way Celtic play. Yeah, but that's potential. I know some people would probably flip that in its head and say uh, Mori is not picking Hatate j- just now. Um, but you know, no, I totally agree with that. He probably looks at Maeda as just having something that wee bit extra uh, to his game in, does consistently pick him. And he was a really, really important player coming in last January for Celtic. And, you know, I don't think, we said this earlier on in the show, that probably none of Celtics attackers yet have really hit top form. is included in that, but so is guys like Yakimakis, Kyogo, and I think it's really unfair that Maeda seems to be one that folk keep picking out as, you know, n- not not the player that we were sold on, because I, I actually think he is. Um, and you will see him play a big, big part for Celtic this season. Lawrence, to, to come to you and Diza Maeda, I know obviously Liam watched a lot of Japanese football, so it's good to get his insight uh, on it. But Ralph Thompson's come in here in the comments to say that Maeda is super important defending from the front. He'd start him, I'd certainly start him. Mark's saying that, and um, played well Saturday, starts for me. I think that's something else that's important to, to mention when Celtic playing European football is that you do need your wingers to, you know, if we're going to press and, and go forward and get in teams' faces, absolutely, but you also need them to come back. and I Maeda's mean, not shy of doing a defensive job on either side whether it's in the left wing or in the right wing
4: So great work Ray. I think he brings out the best in Greg Taylor I think they've got a great partnership up and down the left uh, and I suppose defending from the front just the amount of pressure he puts on we, we know he's got that engine that speed so yeah for, for me of the starts uh, I don't think I'd be disappointed at all by him you know I've really been surprised by how good he is in terms of what rate, speed, how well he's, he's fitted in. I know Liam watched him a lot before he came to Celtic and kind ever. Of, but I thought, you know what? what he's a really decent player, and he can play across the front three. He gives us that versatility during the game to change things up. And also, sometimes I think people just need to single players out, and I'm not too sure for what reason. I think he, he's a guy consistently delivers a decent level of performance. I don't think I've seen him fall below a seven at a Celtic shot. So, yeah, I <laughs> think he's a great player for us. Will they get changed during the game? Probably. You know, it's the way Ange likes to play. He maximises the five subs and they're using them. You expect to see five of your front six changing and maybe there's probably going to be one of them, but that, I've never seen him hide in the park. You know, he always shows for the ball. He always gives 100%, which... I can't say that about every Celtic player I've ever seen. You know, there's been a few that have had and are not shown to the ball or, or whatever, or you know, chipped it on the park at times. You, you'll remember it, Edward when uh, with Kyogo and he's more uh, natural position, I suppose Lee would say, out in the wing, put one on a plate for him and he doesn't finish from a few yards out. His heart wasn't in it. I've never seen a performance like that from the Premier. He always gives you absolutely everything.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I'm just having a wee look here, just in terms of the league last season, six appearances season in the league, six goals, five assists, you know, that, that is something that Ange Postecoglou will certainly be looking at. I know this season, I mean, he may not be hitting that form as of yet. Um, I think a lot of us hope that having that full pre-season under his belt under Ange would maybe, you know, start him off with a flyer but. It's not as if he's been poor for Celtic. Um, it's just about getting that run of games, and if he does get that run of games, you, you'll see a completely different player. And certainly in the European stage, he is the type of player that you do need that is going to track back um, when you're under pressure. As Celtic will be tomorrow night, no doubt about it. But will also exploit space that I'm sure Leipzig um, will leave as they are tenth in Bundesliga just now. Somebody's coming kept the mind as this game is winnable. There's been a lot of change Absolutely. there um, since today's left. I think that the Shakhtar game kind of came a wee bit out the, the the blue. Liam, I know that's obviously when Tedesco lost his job. They had a decent performance match day two away to Real Madrid. I know they had a great victory against Borussia Dortmund. That's also been matched with a, a thumping off Borussia that There's absolutely no way, reason why Celtic can't go to Leipzig tomorrow night and hope to get something because this is still a, a team I know Timo Werners came back in he's back in goal scoring form they beat VfL Boscham at the weekend for nil but there's absolutely no reason why Celtic should be going here fearing anything anyway.
3: Yeah exactly I mean there's nothing that there is um there's nothing to fear. I mean at the end of the day this Leipzig team are not not by any stretch of the imagination, the best team we're going to play this season, I don't think. I think once we had our game against Real Madrid, and you think how we played against them for the first hour, um, we will not have a tougher challenge anywhere this season, regardless of how far we get in European competition. So, no. um, What I would say, actually, is that Dyson Maeda in particular could be key tomorrow night, because if you look back to the Leipzig-Shaktar game, Shakhtar beat them four one. Two of the four goals came from de- from forced defensive errors because the Shakhtar players were basically being a nuisance in the way that Maeda is excellent at with the the forward press, as we call it. You know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think if you look at the the one with the goalkeeper, bad bad mistake, and as you say, getting in an and on the break too, are certainly there to to be got at. Um, People are telling me there's no point quoting league positions just now, but I'm just saying, you know, Leipzig haven't had the best of starts to the season. They've changed their manager. They sit bottom of Champions League Group F, so, you know, they're there to be got it. And I think that's a really good point of Maeda. You know, we've seen Mudric, not going to compare Mudric to Maeda, but we've seen how he exploited um, Leipzig in that first game, and that's something I think Diza Maeda should certainly be looking to do tomorrow night. Um, Lord, it's just to pull us back in, because we kind of went a wee tangent there to talk about ties and the way itself. it's going to approach this game tomorrow night. The, the midfield, I agree with you. I don't see Angie making any major changes to it. I think you play your best players, and to me at this point in time, that midfield free picks itself with um, McGregor, Hatate and O'Reilly. But I do, I do know that, if I think back to after the, the Shakhtar game, there was people possibly questioning whether or somebody like Aaron Moy would have been the type of put to bring in there, but that seems to have been eh, put to bed after his performance at St Mum.
4: I don't think it was, you know, we, I don't know how many shots we had on target against St Mum, but I think it was like 35 minutes in, 80 odd percent possession we didn't have any on target. And Moy was your defensive midfielder. I, I wouldn't blame him for his not getting shots on target or putting the ball in the net. I think he's done okay since he came to Celtic, but i go with the same midfield as yourselves. Uh, if we've got something to hold on to with 20 minutes to go, you might see maybe Moy or Ard- Ardellgaard. Who knows? I could see making a change then, but not from an off. Uh, you know, Leibniz said you've got nothing to fear. but there is nothing to fear, but fear itself. And I, I think that's maybe what Ange is so frustrated about. Maybe that's why we didn't take the, the chances against Madrid, a bit of stage fright, you know, weren't sure. This is a must-win game for said tomorrow. They've got to take chances. They've got to open up you know, if they come out of this and they're only in one point after nine games, you know, they, they know that, that that's the finished. They need to get on three points. They need So I think it's going to be fairly open, which suits the kind of play that you know, kind of style that Andrew's got. Definitely suit um, my if He's got a bit of space to run into. So midfield, yeah, I think it'll pick itself. you look at the leaves, I think. And they've got to come out. They've got to leave space. And if we can turn the ball over quick, especially Callum at number six, I think he turns it quicker than any other number sixes. We'll get chances and it's just about taking
2: them. Yeah, and that's been, I think, the story of our uh, group stage campaign so far. We'll get chances. It's just about taking them, absolutely. Um, I, I kind of laughed when I was writing up some of my notes for this show. I, I was in Leipzig for the, the last time we played there four years ago and I had a wee look back at the Celtic lineup, and even though... Uh, many German beers had been consumed in the afternoon, and um, when I looked at this lineup, you know, e- even the, the the drink wasn't enough to kind of make you worry. J- just to kind of give you an idea, when Celtic last played in Leipzig, this was the team: Craig Gordon in goals, a back four of Christian Gamboa, Jozo Simonovic, David Boyata, Kieran Tierney, midfield of Callum McGregor, Eboue remember him? Olivier Cham with Ryan Christie coming in out the cold to play as a number ten behind Edouard. And Lewis Morgan, um, a wee bit of just a perspective on the, the last time that we visited Leipzig. I think that's the reaction. I think we've all got, Liam hi
3: Aye. Ho- hopefully Leipzig are studying that and expecting similar tomorrow night. <laughs> well, listen, I
4: think if, if Leipzig are studying things, I think they'll be worried. You know, many goals have we scored in the league so far this season. We've had a great start. Be it the last two games, you know, or some months. Actually, yes, Motherwell were already loads of chances, you know. Mm. And Leipzig, no have got it. I expect us to win away, and I think we've got to win away. Mm. Yeah. But uh, you're Leipzig, you're looking at this thinking we need to win our Europe's finish for this season.
3: A draw is no good to them because uh, a draw they would stay below us, so that, that yeah. really is no yeah. use to them.
2: And, and they will be looking at it as a back to back chance to try and get points on the board now because. Realistically For for Marco Rose Obviously the first game He wasn't in charge The second game You're coming in You're playing Real Madrid Not a lot of time To prepare for it This is probably His first chance To try and make an imprint For, for Leipzig In the Champions League In these two games Against Celtic And obviously He's he's visited Celtic Before um, With Salzburg Four years ago Same group That we're, we're talking about there And you know but it's going to be a different test for him um, and there's no reason why Ange Postacoglu can't get the, the better of him um, so uh, I'm pretty excited oh. for this game Loris what were you going to say there? I was just going to
4: say you touched that Ange, Ange is going to be desperate to get a win as well you know Absolutely. this is he wants to be performing on he yeah. will be doing everything he can
2: to get this result he'll be looking for three points Liam I, I want to come to to this one in the game against Leip- uh, sorry, Leipzig we're playing leaps like in the game against Shakhtar we kind of get the curveball and see at Haksibanovich starting up top On that left-hand side, with Jota on the right and go through the middle. I can't see a curveball like that happening for last night. I know people had been saying before the Shakhtar game, leading into it, you know, Haksibanovich was starting to get minutes under his belt. He started the game off well, but was eventually subbed at half time. I really don't see Ange making any type of kind of curveball into the team like that tomorrow. I think the team's gonna be pretty set. Almost, if not all the same players that played against Motherwell at the weekend.
3: Yeah, I think, like you say, coming back off the international break and not having played for a while, uh, Motherwell was basically a warm-up for Leipzig. So I would imagine that the only changes that Ange would make to the team conceivably would be players coming back from injury or anybody who got injured at the weekend. So, I don't see any unforced changes, put it that way.
2: Okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, Lawrence Lealabada, there's been chat in the press today that he is expected to miss the game. He was at Celtic Park training this morning. Um, it is Yom Sh- Kippur, obviously, a big Jewish holiday. He missed out in the Real Betis game last season due to that. Um, th- you know, without him in your team, you're probably looking at Haxabanovich and Yakimakis as you that attacking options off the bench, but it will be a miss, but it's also potential for, for Naida and Jota, as well as Haxabanovich coming off the bench, to really stamp their mark on this you know, Abad has been in and out of the team got that hat-trick, um, sorry he got his goals against Rangers at the start of September, obviously in the, the, the game Um, and, you know he's been in and out of the team, but I think a is going to be a miss off the bench for Celtic tomorrow night, but it's also a chance for a guy like Haxibanovich to really to step up and, and show his worth as well as the two wingers likely to start for Celtic.
4: Listen, there's no doubt uh, it'll be a miss, but there's no guarantee he's going to start. You can have with you about my Maida anyway. Haxibanovich has got a chance. Listen, so has James E. Forrest. He's got a European pedigree. He knows where the goals are. He knows about assists. I think we're, we're, we're well covered in the wings. It, it, it'll be a miss, but it, it's an area we've got to cover it. We'll covering, you know. I think Jakimakis is, you know, his key role goes covering. As for that, that switch comes slow on the wings. I, I think it's Forest and uh, Haksavanovic that you're, you're looking at as your cover. If you start with obviously, what you're doing, you are you doing
2: your? Yeah, you'll be on the bench. No doubt about it. Um, just to get a finish in the last ten minutes, yesterday there was a a podcast put out with a a Scottish referee, Liam and it looks as if VAR's going to come in to to Scottish football before the World Cup break, it was expected that it would come in afterwards, which I know a lot of people weren't too chuffed with um, in the grand scheme of things, what's your thoughts on that? Because I think at the weekend, had it been in place, um, the McGregor red card might have been looked at a second time, Uh, I think that's up to just kind of judgment on that one, but certainly Celtic were probably unlucky not to get a penalty at the weekend for the handball.
3: Yeah, um, right. Here's the part where any any lurkers who are not Celtic fans are going to start calling me a crackpot. Um, The the reality is, VAR is not this silver bullet that's going to solve all the disciplinary problems in Scottish football, right? But it will help. It needs to come in sooner the better but the fundamental problem and this is one of the few things that Celtic and Rangers supporters seem to agree on is the competence or lack thereof of the referees now if you still have the same incompetent people looking at a tv monitor as opposed to looking at a ball on a pitch there is no guarantee they're going to necessarily give the right decision just because they're looking at it on a monitor um And then don't you you know, that's before you even raise any questions about the honesty and integrity of said officials, which has rightly been questioned in the past and proven our assumptions about them proven to be correct in terms of their dishonesty. So you know, it's, it's a start, but there needs to be a root and branch, complete review of refereeing in scotland from top to bottom how referees are selected how they're trained how they are paid how they're incentivized and how they are disciplined when they make a mistake you know refereeing in scotland was one of the only jobs in the world where you can underperform consistently but nobody is allowed to even question your competence or you go on strike (laughs) you <laughs> know, um, it's really, it, it's ridiculous. Um, referees should be paid more, but with that, with greater pay should come greater accountability.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's still a, a lot to be done a, about that as well. And the fact that they're part-time is probably another issue that a, a lot of people will, will point towards. Um, Lawrence, it was Stephen Conroy, um, who's a former referee. I think he's quite well-placed with us. He said in the podcast that it was imminent, um, You might just see it before the World Cup starts. Um, But I think there's a lot in what Liam says there. It's great that we're getting VAR, but it's still going to be the same type of officials making the decision, which is the worry. Um, And if you look at Callum McGregor's red card in isolation, I keep banging on about consistency in Scottish refereeing performances. I think it's something that just doesn't exist. You see the same one from James Sands happen and he doesn't get sent off um, if McGregor's is a red card that's a red card and if that's deemed to be a yellow card and I actually mean, I'm not being even a book and I can't really remember with it then it needs to be the same it's about consistency and it badly lacks consistency
4: at this point in time well since Sands one wasn't even a free kicker apparently but, it, but anyway listen for me McGregor's a sender
2: off every day of the week you know hearts out off his line the boys can't be the ball I think it's a sender it's off too Absolutely. you
4: know as for decisions at Ivericks, I think Craig Levine, Jim or you can go through a litany of managers that have had um, some strange decisions against them and commentated on it. But I think the biggest point, you know, refs are going to make mistakes, and so are the guys you know, watching it, it's the unaccountability, the, the fact they don't need to explain it. You know, what did you see there that that wasn't a penalty? What did you see that the tackle and Hitachi's got to be a red guy? You know, it's at least a yellow. But if there's and it's a red card. It's a straight foot, studs up late, and his ankle, it's a red card. You know, even though on Kyogre, I wouldn't mind seeing again. I know the terrestrial highlights package didn't really show when he was going through. It looks as if the boy clips him and doesn't touch the ball. It's apparently. So, but they, the fact they don't need to come out and speak, you know, they're all for a grand again. Surely they should have to come out and justify their decisions instead of writing up a report and sending it off to Hamden. You know, it's not an inconsiderable amount of money. You, you know, a grand again game for a part-time job. Would it make it more interesting as a spectacle if they interviewed the ref after the game and go, right, ref, talk us through these decisions? What did you see there? What did you not see there? I can remember the Celtic captain getting punched and a player only being yellow-carded. You know, the game wasn't even in progress. How would a ref explain that? I think that that would put to bed a lot of the decisions because actually having to come out and justify the unjustifiable, I think some of the decisions would change then. They would go, you know what, I can't go on live TV and say, yeah, I know, you know, striking an opponent in the head is an automatic red card. I saw it, decided it was only a yellow because there's no other rule than I decided not to apply the rules. You know, they're not going to come out and say that. So, I think it does need looked at. I'm glad that VAR's coming in. I'm just wondering if John Beaton knew it was coming in sooner and thought you would get a few dodgy decisions in beforehand. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, I don't know why you know it's all been held in Scotland. I think it's something we should be sharing between associations. You know, when VAR goes, Scotland doesn't need its own centre. Ireland doesn't need its own centre. Holland doesn't need its own centre. You could have a centre of excellence for VAR decisions uh, and refer it there. You would take out, you know, but the perception of bias then you know would certainly be addressed at that point it would reduce costs give them more maybe to, to invest in grassroots football and developing players rather than you know I don't know how many people going to be in, in their vast studio but I just think it's ridiculous that you know a small country like Scotland isn't looking to share it with other countries and other associations and share some of that cost gets rid of the perception of bias you know but, but there's a few things there that we, we could be looking at but other countries do it with refs. We know that Turkey will fly in refs, even Scottish refs at times, because they can't have that perception of bias in their big games. Only in Scotland would they have a perception of bias. Uh, They'd be criticised for mentioning it, but they would do nothing to tackle it. You Well, wait a minute, there's a perception of bias here, right, don't mention it, but we're quite happy to let it keep going. It seems nuts. Surely they need to do something to tackle that, and and back to the strikes point that Liam was making, but, you know, that, that wasn't because we're criticised performance, that was because they got caught lying a Celtic manager. had a decision to re- rescind a penalty award. Oh it's a penalty. <sighs> I actually Celtic. Let's not give them it. Yeah. You know, it's it's something that really needs looked at. You know, you've had the heads of a referee kicked out, you've had that referee strike. Jeez, you the head of, I mean Label remember the head of the SAP, haven't he? Resign hmm. uh, with a, I think it was a £320,000 payoff, Celtic give it about £250,000 compensation. He actually get more of a payoff than Celtic got compensation. Yeah. If it had been left at SFA, their two the internal inquiries found nothing wrong. But when it got to open arbitration, they couldn't put a case forward. That tells you how crazy it is. They were able to put a case forward internally twice that won the day. But as soon as it was open arbitration we couldn't put a case forward you know what was it they said behind closed doors that couldn't be said in the open and i and think it's again, still bizarre
3: come back to that very point you know that that case you talk about for the compensation um that sfa chief executive if i remember correctly his career before that was a landscape gardener yeah how does that qualify a guy to run Scottish football? You know what I mean? That that's again, that's the old boys' club in play. He should never have been near that job in the first place.
2: No, not at all. Yeah. And that's what both of you go back to as accountability, which just does not seem yep. to exist within Scottish football at this point in time. Will much change with VAR? I have my reservations about it. I think it's good that it's there as a tool, but I think Lawrence, you make a really lot of good points, just in terms of even cost taking all ideas of bias and whatever else out of it, in terms of the money that exists in Scottish football just now, we know we've know we got a, a TV deal now that, that people still think undersells the game, in terms of the money that's generated t- through that, it is not much, you know, why not look to, to cut costs and then look at that problem, a, a biasness, and try and tackle that. Um, we hope that uh, we've given you some of a, a spring in your step before this game against Leipzig, In the Champions League, I know some maybe were feeling a wee bit down after the Murray game. I think it was important that we got the three points. I know maybe the performance wasn't to be as what we expected, but it was important that we got the three points. CCV misses out tomorrow night. but We've got Wales, we've got Yance. We need to hope for a big, big performance for them. And we'll just see how we get on. Um, We'll be here tomorrow to build up to the game and we'll be tearing it apart afterwards and then building up to St. Johnson at the weekend, which will be another tough, tough tie away from home.
0: Based on Cox analysis of OOKLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 in Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com internet for details.
2: it have been great to have on on a Tuesday. You're very welcome anytime. Um, Thank thanks to all our regular listeners, contributors. The support's much appreciated. You can vote for Axom um, for best in video content. The link should be below the video. I think it's still open, so it should be down there, as well as Natasha for best in women's football. Have a great day. Cheers for listening. Thank